Good morning, everyone. This is Tawana, and this is the My Sister's Keepers podcast, and I am the owner, creator, and founder of the My Sister's Keeper of Northeast Ohio Women Helping Women nonprofit organization. And today I want to talk to you guys about a couple of different things. And you know, if you've been following me, you know I ramble a lot, so I'm going to try not to ramble. But um, the first thing I want to talk about is withdrawal from your antidepressant. The second thing I want to talk about is um, trying to manage, as a female, trying to manage your health and try to stay on board with your health concerns. And then the last thing I'm going to close up with is uh, just to give you a what's coming up next for the My Sister's Keeper um, nonprofit organization and some different things that we're working on for this upcoming winter season here in Cleveland. Now, first, let's talk. Monday, I ran out of my my um, Zoloft. Actually, Monday night was the last time I took my Zoloft, and I didn't take the 200. I took what I had, which was 175%. Now, I knew that I was going to run out, so I was preparing myself while I was still lucid on what was about to happen. Anyhow, I ran out. Tuesday was fine. Wednesday was fine. Thursday, I became completely insane. I mean, I got my medication on Friday, so it's it's building back up in my system. But from my, um, Tuesday and Wednesday was okay days. Um, I want to say at the t- at the bottom, uh, at the ending towards the ending of Wednesday, I started to feel a little icky. Um, when I say icky, I mean I started having like electrical crap going on in my mind. Every time I closed my eyes, I had like an electrical jolt or whatever. And then my stomach was hurting. I couldn't eat anything. And my thinking started to get foggy. Thursday, I was exhausted. And mind you, Wednesday night, I actually went to sleep pretty early. But Thursday, I was completely exhausted. I completely couldn't concentrate. I kept having to reiterate what was going on. The symptoms of the OCD came back at full force. So I'm trying to deal with that. And I'm trying to deal with trying to think clearer. And it was horrible. So I got home. Um, Thursday went right to sleep. Friday, I got my medication and I usually take my Zoloft at night, but something told me to take it during the day because I was a lunatic Friday. So I took, I took, um, my dose during the day and as the day progressed, this, the withdrawal symptoms went away. Now I'm not telling anybody to go off your medication and this, I want to, I would like to say that this would be an experiment for me to do that so I could relate to you guys, but that wasn't true. The pharmacy I was going to going the one that I was going to they ran completely ran off ran out of Zoloft and they wasn't going to have it till Friday so I ended up switching over to CVS but still yet and still it took them to Friday Friday to get all my prescriptions in order and everything I do not recommend going off of your Zoloft going off of any type of medication um psychiatric medication without your doctor knowing now mind you I called Dr. Shapiro and made her talk this was Wednesday and we talked about it and she was worried about the withdrawal and I was worried about the withdrawal so that's when I thought okay forget this let's go to another pharmacy so now I'm uh, happy to say that I'm with CVS Pharmacy I'm happy to say that I'm back on my medication and that things are evening out one thing about Zoloft I could say is once I took that pill yesterday when I first got them, when I took the pill yesterday, I want to say about an hour later, the withdrawal system stopped. So that's a good thing. I've been reading on um, reading a lot of different things about withdrawal from um, your 
antidepressants. And I Zoloft is one of the medications that if you go off of it and you go back on it, it cut it it really cuts the withdrawal down to a minimum. And that's I'm glad because I was on 17 years ago, I was on like Effexor and all these other psychiatric medications that the withdrawal was horrible. And going and trying to get back on them to stop the withdrawal was even more horrible because it, it was side effects everywhere. But Zoloft, I can honestly say, is an easy, it was easy to restart back up. Again, um, as a sidebar, I do not recommend this for anyone to go off your medication. I do not recommend it. I do not recommend it. I do not recommend it at all without your doctor knowing and um, if you happen to have a case where your pharmacy doesn't have the medication or you don't have any money or anything like that to get your prescription or whatever try to find an alternative way and try to plan out so what you do is you plan out when you got to get your medication make sure you have enough money copay or whatever it is that you need to get your medication because going without it is not a good thing and i'm here to tell you that going without it is not a good thing at all at all and i do not recommend it okay my next thing i want to talk to you guys about is i have high blood pressure i am newly diagnosed if you listen to my previous podcast you know and i'm on a medication called hyperthyroid it's a, it's a PP pill is what it is. It makes you urinate. It's a diuretic. I can't hydrochlorothiazide. I think it is so far. So good. Um, I've been going to the bathroom a lot, but I went to the bathroom a lot anyway, because of the congestive pelvic disorder I have. So really nothing wrong with that. I've started to change the way that I eat. I started to change pretty much my whole lifestyle right now. So I'm in the transition phase when it comes to that. I want to say this to all the black women out there, women in general, if, you, if you're a white woman, um, Hispanic, whatever, we have to be on top of our medical stuff, ladies. We really do. African-Americans more so. I am finding out so much stuff now. Now, I'm 44, as you guys know, and I, I had a hysterectomy in 2012 because of some hereditary stuff with my um, human parts. <laughs> You know, it's, it ran in my family and no, none of the women in my family talked about it. And when I found out I had fibroid tumors is what I had and why I had to get um, this wreck me. When I found out about it, when I found out it was um, hereditary, I started talking to my mom and my mom was like, oh, yeah, my sister. And then it, it went. It's like, wow, you guys never mentioned this. That is hereditary. The same goes for my high blood pressure. My father and my mother has high blood pressure, extremely high blood pressure, and they never told us. So me being their oldest kid, and I have it, I contacted my brothers and my sister. I'm like, hey, you guys need to look out for this, especially because I didn't know. You know, I didn't know that that was in our family genes. And because African-American people tend to shy away from the medical community, I'm going to say, no, don't do that. Go and talk to your doctors. If the if your one doctor does not give you the answers or talk to you the way that you think he should talk to you, and I, I mean, tell you what's going on, tell you the type of medicine, tell you stuff that is going on with your health care, where to come from, what the medication could do, the side effects, whatnot, whatnot. And then on top of all of that, do your own research so that you could know what the right decisions are. I, I am... I encourage black people, especially black women, to do this. Another thing that I found out during my family research is I have an aunt that died of ovarian cancer. I had two aunts that died of breast cancer. Okay, 
wow, right? I mean, my mother is, um, she's old school still, and we're trying to get, as she's getting older, she's getting more, um, more illnesses, and we're trying to force her to go to the doctor, but my mother's old school. She don't go to the doctor. She really doesn't. So, you know, when I found out about my aunts, I encouraged my mother, you know, to, hey, I need to know what's going on, because uh, it's in our bloodline. And, um, you know, she had got, she just got her mammogram. She just got her colonoscopy. I'm up for my mammogram, you know, and because it's so prevalent in my history, I have to have it more, also, more so than other women my age. But I mean, we have to be vigilant about our health. We, especially, you know, I'm, I'm like a walking, a walking epitome of health right now. <laughs> I am drinking more tea. I am eating more healthier. And is and, and you know honestly, this is you know it's it's a different it's a it's a it's a transition. But at the end of the day, I have to say that it's a the best transition. Even though I was off my medication and th- and chemically, I was like out of sorts. I can honestly say that by drinking my matcha, matcha tea in the morning and um doing my exercising and um eating better that i'm having more i'm having more energy more pleasantness and everything so my my only push today is to tell you what's going on with me of course but also to encourage you to make some healthy changes in your life don't just up and say okay i'm gonna do this first talk to a doctor or a healthcare provider first and then and then get yourself into a healthier living conditions. Now, the last thing I want to talk about is the upcoming events that we I have planned for My Sister's Keeper and a, a, a organization called Game Changers that is ran by, I call her my white counterpart because, <laughs> and this is not a race thing, me and her, when we are on the phone, we have such a wonderful time and we never met each other face to face. It's been over the phone, over Facebook or whatever, but she has OCD like I do. It's the same form, different elements, I could say. And she's she's always saying, I'm a privileged white woman because she doesn't understand what it is to be an African-American urban person born that way. So me and her has been educating each other on things like that. And since she has a nonprofit and I have a nonprofit, we're going to get together and we're going to kick down walls, guys. We're going to put on a big event here in Cleveland. And then hopefully, depending on how that goes, we're going to put on a big event. We're going to put on a big event in um, Colorado, where she's from. But the Cleveland event is going to be all about what you've been through when you went to when what you've been through when you went to go when you went for your mental health fit. Period. I mean, it's this is such a huge, huge issue the disparities within the healthcare community when it comes to race it's huge me and her um, me and Chrissy talked I want to say Tuesday we me and her had a conversation and we were talking about why there isn't a lot of black black therapists or psychiatrists now you guys know I go to the Cleveland Clinic and I love the clinic a hundred percent love the Cleveland Clinic and my therapist and my psychiatrist but they they are white and it's fine with me. And I talked about this once before that um, it, 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 it's a choice. It's, it's a preference of a person if you want white person, black person, whatever. And we could get I don't want to get into that because I got into this in the previous um, podcast. 
But, you know, that was some of the dialogue me and Chrissy was talking about. We were talking about how the um, stereotype comes up, like how you could go, a black person could go into a private therapist's office and be told, hey, we don't take Medicaid. Even though this part, you know, you're, you're black and you got a job and you got a good job and you got good insurance. Instead of them actually waiting, they, they jump to the conclusion. So that's going to be the event we're planning for January and um, we are hoping it's going to be, it's going to open the eyes of people and, you know, help us get the dialogue started. Now, I know that, and Chrissy keeps telling me it's, it's slow moving, it's slow moving, and that's true. It is slow moving. However, it will get the doors open here in Cleveland. And, it, and you know, 2020 is an election year. Hello. 2020 is election year, guys, and we need to start talking about this stuff in 2020 because we we got to we got to open it up. You know, we have to open it up. We have to get it open. We have to have politicians here talking about it. And we just got to do this. So that's coming up for the winter part of the um the winter part 20 you know, the winter season, 2020. Um, as far as my sister's keepers, what's going on with us now is pretty much I'm doing a lot of research. I'm doing a lot of writing. I'm doing a lot of um, talking to different people and to different groups here in Ohio, trying to get things set up, trying to get us correlated within. I want to become part of this mental health movement across the board. So I'm that's what I'm doing right now. We're not having any events right now. Um, and we probably won't until the event with Game Changers in January. But as of right now, I'm I'm out here, guys. I'm I'm walking the the path for you guys. I'm I'm out here making a noise for you guys, it, it, the best way that I can when it comes to mental health because I am a mental health. I do have a mental illness, and it's not going to go away. And um, I want people to start coming out and breaking the stigma, breaking the cycle, and all that great stuff. Um. So that concludes this podcast for today. Um, My next podcast will be talking about being raised by an alcoholic person, family member, and what that can do to you. Um, Until next time, guys, this is Tawana signing off. Have a great day.